Hello and welcome to the new series of Youth Talk brought to you by the Worldwide Youth Radio and Kids Count UK. This is the podcast where young people discuss big things happening in the world around us. I'm Gabriel Morris and this is Youth Talk. Worldwide Youth Radio. On today's episode of Youth Talk. We are asking the question, with the recent spate of flooding around the world, how seriously are we tackling climate change? You may be aware that London recently suffered from flash flooding and just three weeks ago, devastating floods caused by heavy rain swept across large parts of Western Europe, leaving 200 dead and thousands homeless. In China, in the Henan Providence, it was left devastated after record rains killed 58 people and displaced some 1 million people. But how can flooding be linked to climate change? According to the charity ActionAid, climate change warms up the atmosphere, where which the air can hold 7% more vapour for every 1 degree Celsius rise in temperature. When this air rapidly cools, water vapour turns into droplets, which join together to form heavy rainfall. Moreover, climate change can also increase sea level rise. Antarctica has lost about 3 trillion tonnes of ice in the last 25 years, which has led to global seas to rise by roughly 8 millimetres. In the future, sea levels could rise as much as 5 metres. Well, that's the science lesson over, but what has the reaction to the recent flooding been? In particular, we're going to focus on London in this episode. Jess Newman is a hydrologist at the University of Reading. She said flooding from intense summer rainfall is going to happen more frequently. We all need to take hard action now if we are to prevent the impacts from getting worse in the future. The COP26 president, Mr Sharma, said widespread and torrential rain on our doorstep is a sober reminder that action is needed ahead of the Glasgow summit in November. And the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, said recent flooding in the capital shows that dangers of flooding, uh, dangers of climate change are now moving closer to home. Well, we will be hearing from our youth panel very shortly, but we would also love to hear from you. If you would like to have your say on today's discussion, send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact. Worldwide Youth Radio. Well, on today's episode, we are joined by our youth panel. We're joined by Amelia and Eve on today's show. We are talking about flooding in London. Our question today is, with the recent spate of flooding around the world, how seriously are we tackling climate change? We're going to hear from our youth panel and we're also going to hear some reaction on Twitter and people who have messaged in to the show. And our first question on tonight's show is, are you surprised by the recent flooding in London? I'm going to go to you, Amelia, first. Are you surprised by this flooding? Um, I don't think so, if I'm completely honest. I feel like it's recently in the past years, when it gets to summertime, when it gets to this time of year, uh, you always do see flooding across Mm -hmm. the world. I feel like Europe and a lot of um, Asian countries as well. However, I don't think it's as common to see it in the UK, which I think maybe that's why there's been such an uproar of um, people talking about it because London, like you said, is so like close to home. Uh, I mean, it is like our country that's actually affecting. Um, so I think there has been a quite a bit of shock in terms of that, especially flooding to the point where, you know, like you said, it takes people's homes, it takes people's lives. It's like serious, serious issue. Um, so I think maybe the fact that it's actually come to the UK, well, so like, yeah, uh, 
quickly and things like that i feel like that is maybe surprising however in general flooding i feel like at this time of year is not as surprising would you anyway. before the floods would you would you honestly think that climate change could impact um our lives here in, in the united kingdom i feel like um you always hear about weather conditions right and and climate change impact on weather conditions but i feel like you don't well personally and this is an awful thing but like i don't actually think about it that much on a day-to-day life unless something catastrophic like awful happens like a flood and people actually lose their you know homes and things like that Mm. um therefore i feel like it's not something that's you know at the top of my top of my uh, uh, thoughts especially when it's like summer and it's actually getting warmer you know like the uk is getting warmer and warmer every day and i feel like it's more looked at positively like you know we're having good weather here it's not like you know 20 degrees or something and i feel like it's regarded to as that but then you obviously see the flip side of it of like it has awful um events as well well some might say why complain about climate change it's giving us nice warm summers yeah i have i have heard the argument <laughs> and i feel like it's it's mostly regarded to as like a joke of like everyone being like you know like climate change is finally yeah. given britain the summer which you know mm-hmm. it's good that we have sun but also there's worse worse things than just us enjoying a summer right <laughs> for a little bit and what about you eve are you surprised by the recent flooding I was just going to ruin my point. Oh, sorry. Um, I was going to say, I'm surprised that it's flooding. You know, I always says this is probably maybe partly due to my poor, like, um, geographic knowledge. I always thought, you know, at least the one good thing about climate change is we'll get like nice hot summers in the UK without (laughs) as much rain. And then it turns out we're getting even more rain. And it's like, oh, no, Um, we don't even get like, like the one reward of like hotter summers in the UK. Yeah, that's true. Climate change isn't just, um, well, it's global warming is one of the effects of climate change, but you could also say increased rainfall is another one. Um, I will point out at this point, I did do my undergraduate degree in geography, so I'm going to have to be very careful to not put any bias onto um, this podcast or overcomplicate any of the uh, information or scientific information, because this isn't a science podcast, this is a uh, discussion do you think the recent flash of flooding is actually to do with climate change? What do you think, Amelia? Do you actually think it is linked to climate change or is it just rain? I think so, for sure. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, especially that it's been happening more and more every year, I feel like there are links to it. You see people, mm-hmm. you, you know, they do studies on it and um, you see like every year um, it is increasing and then it is linked to also like the heat is increasing and things like that so it's got to be linked to um climate change and especially that um i feel like you hear big companies and politicians you know tackle the issue of climate change more however what we are seeing some improvements however how big how good are the improvements if it's still causing people you know to lose homes and the floods that cause like you know even like cars and things like that um so I do think it is to do with climate change. I mm. think at the end of the day, uh, I think maybe it's something that should, well, should be dealt with more seriously. Yeah, I don't actually believe anyone in London lost their life due to the floods. Correct me if you think I'm wrong on that, but I don't no, think... I think it, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone did. I'm sure a few people had to move out of their homes for a short mm. amount of time. But I think it was mostly underground level um, properties that were mostly damaged. Uh, I can give you some mm-hmm. facts, though. The London Fire Brigade on Monday took 1,000 emergency calls. That's probably quite a lot relating to the flooding. Um, 
I mean, obviously, the DLR, the Docklands Light Railway, that station uh, flooded. That was actually, ironically, near the Olympic Park. Um, and two hospitals stopped taking in patients um, because... Uh, stop, stop, yeah, stopped taking in non-emergency patients because they were overrun. Um, so there is some information for you. Um, okay, and what about you, Eve? Do you think that recent flash flooding is actually to do with climate change? Sorry, I think my internet cut out there. Oh, I was just um, asking, do you think recent flash flooding is actually to do with climate change? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I don't live in London, but... Mm-hmm. You don't... Uh, I think we just lost connection to you there, Eve, again. Um, I'm just going to jump back to Amelia. Uh, just give your internet some time just to stabilise there. Um, I'm just going to... Uh, read something to you now it's from ross clark he wrote in a spectator and he put a different argument to what you're saying he said it's not really to do with climate change at all so last week there was around about 40 millimeters um of uh, r- r- rain fell on that day when all the flash flooding took place uh, it, it, it depends where you measure it from. He said 48.5 millimetres, but it's probably a little bit less than that. But he argues the record for rainfall is actually 92 millimetres, which took place in July 1901. So we're talking a similar month, but over 100 years ago. Um, the Met Office record records show that this increased from 6.4 millimetres in 1960 to 6.8 millimetres in the late 1990s. Uh, but since the trend has... Sh- slightly gone downwards so that's the average rainfall so it did increase but it's now starting to decrease so that shows a lot of variability and the Met Office looks at the number of occasions when a weather station anywhere in Britain measures more than 50 millimetres of rain adjusted for changes in the number of rain gauges which have fallen from 5,000 to 3,000 in the past 40 years the measure shows a steeper upward trend from 1960 to 2010 like I just said followed by a levelling off period recently um, that kind of makes it look like that the amount of rainfall is not actually increasing but we're just seeing normal levels so with that information in mind do you actually now still think that climate change is to blame for this flooding see that's actually really interesting i feel like comparing how it is Mm. now to how it used to be and i think maybe i think he has a point in the sense of like if fact factor this is written down that there was more i think maybe now it's just not even how much rainfalls is how drastic the changes are because obviously in london mm-hmm. uh, if you take that even like the day out before that or the two days before that like you had like full-on sunshine like no signs of rain and then you know you suddenly get this outburst of rain um and i feel like maybe it's stuff like that that's like just drastic weather change that then leads to um you know sudden um Mm-hmm. you know uh, problems and like like you said if they if there were like a thousand phone calls of uh, emergency what, what did you say did you say fire? it was a five one thousand calls to the fire brigade yeah which that is also mm. insane especially if it's happening so quickly and they're not prepared for it because you know it's it's weather like you, you sometimes can't predict it um i bet like with things like that it obviously causes massive effects but i do think it's led by climate change i feel like mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people are putting on is the fact that climate change is un- unpredictable and will cause problems yeah i'll i'm just gonna reread this point um again about how climate change is actually warming up uh the atmosphere 
But the air holds 7% more water vapour for every 1 degree Celsius rise in temperature. When this air rapidly cools, water vapour turns into droplets, which join together to form heavy rainfall. So that is the science behind what their climate um, scientists are saying. I'm going to try and go back to Eve now. So Eve, do you think that the recent flash flooding is actually to do with climate change? In your microphone is muted, Eve. I'm not sure if we do have Eve still. I think we might have still lost Eve. Was she here? Hello. Hello, yeah. So I'm just going to try and go back to you. Um, So is the recent flash flooding actually to do with climate change? I definitely think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think even if it isn't, it's clear that our public infrastructure isn't working for the Mm -hmm. climate we have. Um, like if we are getting floods in like several London tube stations and people's houses are being flooding, regardless of the cause, we need to invest more in making public infrastructure better for wetter climate. Um, it might not be the end of the world, but it's clear that things aren't working. So whatever the reason is, we should be um, like. Mm. So it might just not be climate. It could, it could just be a one-off event, bad rainfall, might not actually be linked to climate change. So it could, as you say, it could be bad infrastructure. A similar similar point of view to what you said is from a Twitter user called Lee Mitchell. He tweeted, Sadiq Khan, saying that the London floods were due to drain blockage rather than climate change, and he included pictures of blocked drains, I presume, around where he lives, but he didn't state where it was. Um, so, yeah, it, clearly infrastructure is not um, fully ready for the increase in um, in flooding if that is the case from climate change but no matter what i'm sure uh, it will um it's not suited for it um just to counter the point from ross clark writing in the spectator um the 20 year 2020 was the first uh the third warmest fifth wettest and the eighth sunniest on record S- uh, scientists said that the latest uk um state of climate report that's what i said in that um, and no other year is in the top 10 on all three criteria so the uk clearly is getting wetter warmer <laughs> and uh, sunnier um, and that is essentially following what the climate scientists did predict so we're going to move on to the next question now is should we actually feel sorry for those who built their homes and businesses on flooded plains and i'm going to jump straight into eve on this one because i think that's kind of following on from what you said about for blocked drains and the poor infrastructure so with that in mind should we feel sorry for people who built their houses there i'm not sure if eve's internet is still with us so i'm just going to ask go straight to amelia on that one um yeah i think it's a difficult one because obviously those that are built homes mm. and businesses on those things uh they're in a difficult situation however i feel like a lot of the times they probably didn't even realize or know i don't know how it works with you know when you buy property and build if like you get informed about things like this i believe yeah i I believe you should get when a surveyor comes in that's part of their job is to have a look on the floodplains but that being said the whole of london pretty much is on a Mm -hmm. floodplain um, and for new builds, they are meant to um, look at the floodplains when they build the houses. There's no rule saying you can't build them there, though. I feel like it's one of those things mm. that maybe feels like 
uh, you know, it's one of those things that's like, oh, it's never going to happen kind of thing, or it's just so rare that, like, the risk is so minimal. So mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I do personally feel sorry for those people. I feel like it's, you know, it's still a massive loss, and I feel like it's, or like, it's a risk anyway, that they don't know how to take it, and it's, it's not also their fault if it's a permanent home or business, and the climate change is, you know, perhaps changing and getting worse mm. well, it is but um so i feel like i do feel bad for them and also i feel like it's important to note that uh some people like sometimes the buildings have been there for years mm-hmm. and years and people do move in change homes and things like that so i feel like it's it's not as easy as to say you know it's kind of their fault or why did they do it why did they build it there etc i'm gonna try and jump back to eve now eve are you back with us can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. So should okay. we feel sorry for those who built homes and businesses on floodplains? I think so. I think we should kind of change the question from people who built them because mm. probably most of them didn't make, didn't build them themselves. They're not new builds, most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more people who've moved into these areas and people do that for a variety of different reasons. And I think especially in London, like i would never really think about oh is this house going to get flooded unless it was right on the bank of the thames which most houses aren't yeah um i think as you said earlier like the sewage systems were kind of the cause of most of the flooding in london i think but they're victorian drainage Um, aren't they so yeah so i think that doesn't really And we have lost Eve again, unfortunately. Um, Internet doesn't seem to be working in Eve's favour today. Um, So Eve's basically saying there that we we should feel sorry for the people who are living in those houses, but put the people who built those houses to accountability where needed. I mean, obviously we can't put people to account, bring people to accountability from the Victorian era, we can't bring them to account for their drains. I mean, by all accounts, they did make very good drains for um, for, for the time. But is that set, is that suited for the 21st century? Should the government be holding, will pay more accountability? Well, we'll talk a little bit more about how they are tackling climate change shortly. But first, what about the infrastructure? Amelia, do you think that the government need to do more on defending from floods, um, and improving infrastructure to withstand flooding? Yeah, I think 100%. Mm-hmm. I think now that it's so obvious that, you know, that does play a part in why it floods and things like that, I feel like there's no excuse for them to, uh, you know, keep um, keep the infrastructure and things that are, you know, been there for so long. I feel like they, they have a budget and I feel like if it's, it's so obvious and the science is there, like you said, from even recent years that it's getting worse, and I think they're aware of it and that it's going to get worse. That I think they should invest in making better systems and things like that to tackle climate change and its effects. Well, the government have promised to spend £5.2 billion, which is a lot of money, um, funding and building of 2,000 new flood defence uh, defences over the next six years. 2,000 flood defences for £5.2 billion pounds mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a lot so it's it's expensive it's an expensive way um to defend against flooding so do, do you think they should just give up and just leave london and move, relocate london somewhere else if it's just going to get worse <laughs> over the years that would be uh, that would be quite uh, funny and, and if it was that easy right yeah. <laughs> uh, however i think that i mean i think it's good that at least they're given some thought to it and i think they're given some mm. allocations of money and things like that um 
However, I feel like they should definitely do it probably like, well, it's going to take some time, but like sooner than later. Mm. And um, it does, like you said, it doesn't seem like a lot of um, thing for the amount of money. Um, but I think they should definitely try. And I think if it's, if it's especially if, if they do it and then it's proven to work, um, then I think that would be amazing. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, I, I don't want to talk about this too much uh, because... We're not scientists, we're not uh, town planners, we're not flood engineers. But I guess with river flooding, sea flooding, you can kind of predict where it's going to flood because it's by the sea. You can see where the tides have historically come and where the floodplains are. But with flooding, in this case, flash flooding from rain, I guess it's quite hard to predict where it's going to go. I mean, obviously low-lying ground, but stuff like tube underground tube stations I, I guess it's hard to predict where that will actually flood i mean i don't know i mean i guess any underground facility train station building could could flood but I, I, I guess it's a matter of timing i guess they could have put flood defenses up flood barriers up on the train stations but then that would have halted people getting onto the trains i don't know it, it, I, I don't want to talk about this too much because it's very confusing it is a very um uh, very difficult to understand because it's so technical. There's so many ifs and what's uh, to it. But I guess with flash flooding, it's not as easy to predict than sea flooding and river flooding. Um, we have seemed to have lost Eve altogether, so it's just me and Amelia now. <laughs> um, hopefully, <laughs> Eve can rejoin us. We're going to keep going and we'll see if Eve does uh, come back through uh, shortly. Um, but at the moment, I haven't heard anything from Eve. So the last question we're going to talk about is, is the British government and other countries' leaders doing enough to tackle climate change? So, Amelia, are they doing enough to tackle climate change? A big question. I think it's a difficult, a difficult mm -hmm. question because um, in a sense, they obviously have so much power and so much money that they can invest. Yeah. Um, however, also then on the flip side, should the companies for example like you know companies of like basically like buildings businesses should they be putting their money into investing to protect you know their own um businesses and things like that maybe from floods mm -hmm. uh but i think in the grand scheme of things i'd say i'd say yes and no i think the governments are they're definitely it's talked about more However, I feel like I would like to see more urgency in it. And I think, because, you know, from year to year, I feel like from what I've seen, like, just, I don't read into, like, that much statistics and things like that. However, I feel like from what I've seen, they always say, you know, we want to do more, we will do more, this is our plans. And then I feel like it's always um, not as maybe effective. I don't know. So I feel like if there was more of an urgency, because I think at yeah. the end of the day, this is a problem that's affecting everyone. It's a problem that's going to keep happening. And I think it's important to put urgency to it. Um, so the UK, 40% of our electricity in the UK is coming from uh, coal power in 2012. We are now at less than 2%. So that is a drastic decrease. Um, and it's going to be hopefully phased out by 2024. So in about two years time, it should be fully phased out. Um, so that's a good start. Uh, climate change policy in the UK has focused on cutting greenhouse gas emissions, arguably of primary concern to help reduce human impact on climate change. So we seem to be doing that like you have just said, but you did say about the urgency um, to what we're doing. The Guardian reported 
um, uh, that uh, we'll come on to that actually in a second. Um, so Liz Bentley, head of the Royal Meteorological Society, said that governments could achieve the challenging uh, outcome of limiting global temperatures rise to 1.5 degrees. Uh, that's what the IPCC, the International Panel on Climate Change, um, said. Oh, inter- I can't remember what it's called, <laughs> but the IPCC, they're the people, big scientists uh, who work on climate change. And they say we need to limit it to 1.5 degrees. If not, we're going to go over the tipping point, although some say we already have. Anyway, so she says that we could achieve this by challenging the outcome of limiting global temperatures rise to 1.5 degrees, which looks very unlikely in the UK. That would still lead to a 10% increase in the amount of water that the air can hold. In the, UK, in the UK, she says, we are likely to see temperatures of 40 degrees as we get 1.5 degrees of warming. That'll be something we see on a regular basis. So, um, we were like, I mean, in 2020, we had the w- warmest, the wettest, the sunniest year on record. That is only going to increase, according to Liz from the Royal Meteorological Society. So, possibly are we now too late are we too late for all of this i, I don't know i feel like it seems like that way it's kind of scary if you yeah. think about it 40 degrees like that then changes everything i think mm-hmm. like we're just people in the uk like we're not we're not used to 40 degrees weather and then that also then includes like weather like a flooding like so flash flooding then like heat and obviously then just everything i feel like that's crazy i feel like it's possible that we are too late so should we maybe turn our attention from not stopping climate change okay we've reduced our global emission or greenhouse emissions in the uk other countries perhaps um not going far enough um i mean if the uk is not going far enough according to some reports and um, we could put more policies in to make homes uh, uh greener put heat pumps in ensure new houses are energy efficient um electric vehicles, people eating less meat. We'll talk about that in a future podcast. But should we now focus on mitigating climate change rather than actually trying to stop it? We need to face it. It's a natural phenomenon. We can't do anything about it now. It's too late. Let's focus on living with it. Do you think that's the approach we should now maybe look at? I think so. I think basically what you said, I feel like it's gone It's gone or going so close to being gone past the point of return. Mm-hmm. And also if it, it, it would... In, in order for it to work it would have to be a you know a global effort and like an urgent one where people would I feel like have to change not even little things I feel like it's getting to a point where like big things would have to change and I think like you said mitigating its um, effects would be probably you know learning how to live with it learning how to cope with it learning possibly about the future like what mm-hmm. that means for you know our kids if we have a, kids and things like that like how would it affect their lives and things like that um, yeah, I think that's definitely a, maybe a better option, but still focusing on um, what we can do to obviously reduce it in any ways that are possible and that will be effective. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But in England, we probably can live with it. We have the money. We can put air conditioning into all the buildings. I mean, I know I went to the shopping centre yesterday and they had air conditioning going in there. But some some of the big department stores, they couldn't cool it down enough. It was still boiling hot. And the weather yesterday, I mean, at the time of recording, wasn't that warm. So, I mean, we still have a long way to go to mitigate. And and I guess protecting from floods, I guess we can put more in. We can put, as we said earlier. But for country, poorer countries, is that actually going to be doable? Are they going to be able to live with climate change? 
I'm not sure. I'm just thinking mm. about you know the the statistic of the temperatures reaching forty degrees mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Imagine the countries that are already you know reaching forty, forty like five, like well you know like ridiculous amounts. If they're gonna go up, it's gonna be you know inhabitable climate. Like they're not gonna be able to live. I think that's that's maybe you know attention should be focused on how to deal with them. Um, like like you said, more urgently than here when we actually can are able to deal with it. You know, in a slower well i definitely think the climate emergency is going to 100 percent lead lead to climate refugees i mean there is kind of already some at the moment but i think we're going to see more in the future so perhaps 100%. perhaps countries like the united kingdom countries in europe which can tackle climate change perhaps we're going to have to take in more refugees in the future that's a whole different podcast whole different podcast <laughs> altogether. youth radio We are always looking for new youth board members. If you would like to join us, send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact. We have lost Eve, unfortunately, on this podcast. I'm not 100% sure where uh, she's disappeared off to. Um, We've got about five minutes left uh, before we will finish uh, everything. But before we do... Let's go through some uh, tweets on this particular issue. We're going to start doing this on the podcast. Look at what people are saying um, and react to that. So we've already heard about Lee Mitchell. He said about the floods in London, uh, climate change are because of blocked drains. Um, but this tweet is from a Twitter user called at the pan underscore, no, sorry, at the underscore panday. It goes by the name of Robin Hood, interesting name. He says, floods over floods, UK, Germany, Belgium, Turkey, China, Pakistan, and it keeps going on. Fire in Canada, US, and now Turkey. Well, climate change effect has just begun. Human race is in danger now, to be honest. The world must shift to renewable energy immediately. Do you think the world can, though? Do you think the world can shift to renewable energy that quickly? I was just going to say I agree with him, (laughs) but how realistic Mm -hmm. that is, I'm not sure. I feel like we've been trying more or less um, for, you know, the past recent couple of years. And I think it's just, it's not as easy. Like, it would be mm-hmm. ideal if that's what we could do. However, it is, it's just scary, isn't it? To think about all the it things that It is very scary. Exactly. And then I also, like, then actually do, like, empathise with, um, you know, the lead people actually have to make these decisions. They have to figure out ways of how to do it because then they actually have to think about the logistics of it and, mm-hmm. you know, they see it in effect. I mean, renewable energy is great, but it's expensive to roll out and it's not always efficient. Um, Again, we'll probably talk about that in a future podcast. We're going to talk about ways to reduce climate change or is it even worth it? We'll do that in a future week because this is going to be a multi-part series. Right, next tweet is from Nicola 8 Taylor. Or, yeah, I think that's how you can say her name. Uh, London has a over-concrete problem. That's been understood for a while now. You flood because of lack of natural water drainage. Also, the underground rivers. Yes, because London has got a lot of rivers underground because we just built over them. Um, also, fatbergs that are in the sewage systems. Climate change is real. City management is responsible for the local issues. So, I mean, climate change, she's saying, is real. But it, uh, the real issue here is the uh, infrastructure, which is what Eve said. I, I, I do agree with her. I do think that a lot of the issues are due it is due to the infrastructure not being up to scratch in cities. We've known it for a long time. I mean, you can get um, permeable roads now, which will let water uh, go straight through the roads without sitting uh, on top. She's definitely right, yeah. Do you think, do you agree with her? 
Uh, yeah, I think so to an extent. Mm. I feel like it's it's maybe like because it's happening more frequently now, uh, and more of like an urgent rate. I think um, we're just not used to it. So I feel like then yeah, the easiest like thing to blame is the infrastructure, and I think that is something that can be sorted. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the things that actually can be dealt with, and I and I hope that it is at some time soon. Uh, this one's from Mary. She says the recent London flooding treated as a wake up call. Uh, for climate change is rubbish. Um, she goes on to say, Central London, repeatedly in the past century, 1928, floods in Millbank, uh, Partlet's estate killed 14 and demolished homes, led to b- better flood protection along the Thames embankment, learn from the past. So she's saying it's absolutely rubbish to do with climate change. It's just always been there. Um, it kind of follows on from what the guy from The Spectator said, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a look what other tweets we have. We'll do a few more. I think we've got a time for a couple more to go through. Um, this one is from... This is very different uh, narrative. Uh, this is from Pudsicat67, talking about narrative. He says, it suits the current trend and narrative to blame climate change. This is in relation to Sadiq Khan's uh, message. He says, we're living on the doorstep. Uh, he says, it, he doesn't look at the constant overdevelopment of London and the lack of upgrading infrastructure to cope with the rain. Old Victorian drains, floodplains built over, flooding will be a result. And this is from John4367711. This username should be illegal. It's very annoying to read out. If climate change was true, we'd be build, building flood defences around London and Norfolk. We ain't, so we know the truth. It's a word I can't use. Uh, MPs for their second and third homes would be valueless. They'd build for walls. That's for fact. Well, London flooded. London continuously flooded, as what Mary said. So I'm not sure, if John, if that's true or not. <laughs> uh, so I think we are pretty much out of time. Thank you for joining me, Amelia, and also Eve, although she did have some internet um, problems. Uh, but thank you, nonetheless, for <laughs> uh, joining me. Um, do you have any other things you'd like to say before we finish? Uh, no, I think this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But before we... hundred percent. Is the main issue infrastructure or is the main issue climate change? Both important, but what is the main issue? Love to hear your say. But until next time, stay safe and we'll see you then. Worldwide Youth Radio.